Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. It is currently 135 in Edmonton. Uh, just give me a thumbs up, Brendan. I can't hear you right now. There we go. Um, we're here to tell you Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. They're still making it great. Get the new Canadian Club pizza with ham, chicken, bacon, ranch, and fresh tomatoes. Visit royalpizza.ca. Momentarily, we'll be hooking up, uh, we hope, with Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. A reminder, live racing tonight has been cancelled due to smoke uh, and the conditions affecting uh, everybody that would theoretically be out there, and obviously the horses as well. But thoroughbred racing takes place mo- uh, on Friday and Saturday nights, just not tonight, out at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Brendan, has our uh, package arrived? No luck yet. Okay, I don't think he so. just texted me to say he is on Opal huh. as we speak. Well, I'll bring Opal up, but I couldn't hear him on Talkback. Do we have you, Frank? No, okay. See, I think he's playing games. Okay. okay, I'll give him a call. Okay, give him a call. Uh, here we go. I'm gonna. There is a lot of love for Jay Woodcroft. There's like 70 texts here that have roared in. Hey, Bob, love the show, love the team. Uh, I understand everybody's disappointment. I'm upset about it for sure. Still hurts. Not the results we wanted. Everybody is being pretty tough on them. They're professional athletes, I know, but the same breath. They're only human. They had a good season, made it to the final eight. I just wanted to say thanks to the players, Jay Woodcroft, the entire organization, and a great year. And hopefully next year, if the PO breaks, we can reach the ultimate uh, goal. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. this text comes in from iMac. He says, Bob, the end stretch where it appeared as though the team had figured out how to play defense was obviously a mirage uh, where it mattered the most. The team was giving up uh, four goals a game, job one, two, three, et cetera, this upcoming season, D. Right up uh, the way Leon plays D, he prays he can bat passes out of the air. That's not a plan. It's a call to Hail Mary. Woodcroft needs to spend his summer in the mirror and definitely not uh, to polish his media veils. Uh, love his demeanor, but emphasize the mean a bit more. That one comes to us. So D, 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 D. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. We're good to go. We're good to go. Uh, Lots of others say, uh, Tyler says, I love listening to interviews with Mr. Woodcroft. He doesn't duck your questions. He's very forthcoming and honest. Oil country loves him. Cactus Jack says, uh, Jay Woodcroft is an excellent guest that gives a lot in interviews. But we head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show, Frank Saravalli. Hi, Frank. How you doing? Bob, I'm just trying to pick my jaw up off the floor. Okay, explain to us what happened with Toronto. Is that why? I've covered the NHL for 15 plus years now, and I've never, ever in my life seen a departure shredded the way Kyle or Kyle Dubas just was by Brendan Shanahan. Okay, explain to our listeners what went down here. So essentially, he walked us through the entire week, letting everyone know that back in mid March, he had notified Kyle Dubas that he'd like to have him back as general manager well before the playoffs started and Kyle said look I, I se- I'm just paraphrasing he essentially said look I I don't want to deal with the distraction myself uh, happy to have you negotiate through my agent they went back and forth after the Leafs lost a week ago on Friday 
uh, same sort of conversation, letting him know on Saturday and Sunday, you did a great job. We'd like to have you back. And it was on Monday's press conference, which, which uh, Brendan Shanahan advised Kyle Dubas against doing that he said what he said about, you know, essentially I need to talk to my family and presented really for the first time the idea that he might not want to continue right. as as GM of the Leafs. That at that point, Brendan Shanahan said, and I'm looking at my notes, I had a, quote, shift in my thinking that this guy might not want to be our GM anymore. By the time Thursday rolled around, Kyle Dubas's agent had presented a new financial package that, quote, created a gap. (laughs) And then he knew at that point that he wanted to go in a different direction and fired essentially fired Kyle Dubas today, letting him know that he will not be returning. I've never heard that much detail when it comes to a negotiation. All right. So interpretation, did Kyle Dubas overplay his hand with Brendan Shanahan and Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment? A hundred percent. That's essentially the, the vibe read between the lines that I got watching that press conference. I can tell you, um, just as some recent history that Maple Leaf sports and entertainment felt like they were leveraged in the past by Masai Ujiri and didn't like the feeling and vowed to never have that happen again. Okay. This time around, Kyle Dubas overplayed his hand, whether it was through financial requests, the time and, and things that he said, the time it took to get a deal done. And then Ultimately, some of the other things that he might have asked for, which weren't outlined, that I think created a, a, a situation that made this untenable for Brendan Shanahan to continue. And so, so they cut the cord. I mean, I, I, I had Elliot on, and he, you know, you, you and Elliot are uh, two of the most plugged in guys in the business. Frank, you had every single player of the Seattle Kraken were grabbing in the expansion draft, much less chagrin of the NHL. I'm sure you made a lot of friends over that. Uh, What's your take on the perception of the work of the body of work that Dubas uh, did in Toronto? Because you talk to some hockey people and they'll say, well, the Leafs have built a uh, top analytics team, an excellent development squad, uh, you know, real good use of video. And others will say, yeah, but they for four straight years, they lost to teams that finished behind them in the standings in the playoffs. And Dubas inherited a lot of the core four. How would, what's your assessment on the body of work with Kyle? Yeah, I, I think it's really mixed. I think you mentioned the lack of playoff success, the fact that he inherited all of those pieces and didn't draft them, the fact that his first major signature move to less than two months after being promoted to the job was signing John Tavares to a massive contract that I think at, at the time the Leafs didn't need, um, and they, they've paid the price. I don't think anyone had a crystal ball to see a global pandemic coming, and they've suffered in a way that most other teams haven't based on the projections that they had made with the cap increasing. Um, but look, it's not just that. Like, I went back and made a list of the pros and cons of Kyle Dubas's tenure over the weekend, and it, they find themselves in a spot with, you know, the awful second contracts that they handed out to Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and, and William Nylander. They never solved the goaltending woes. The Nazem Kadri trade was a poor gut, visceral reaction to... A suspension. 
they've traded a ton of future assets, including his best two draft picks in Sean Dursey and Rasmus Sandin. I mean, look, there's a whole host of things that you can point to. I think if you're being a realist and you take off the leaf-colored glasses, that I guess I never really understood why Kyle Dubas has been anointed as this sort of can't-miss, must-have next guy that everyone, you know, people would be firing their GM to have. And I say all that knowing that he's going to be working in this league again the first time that he decides that he wants to. Yeah, yeah. But... It doesn't mean that you're the second coming of you know whoever. <laughs> it, is, Pollock. it is it is interesting because you never know exactly what's going on in organizations, do you, Frank? Well, no, and I, I look. There's this is complicated. The Leafs are a behemoth. You inject uh, a history of playoff failures, the pressure that exists in that market, more money than any other franchise has and the resources of extra staff and opinions and everyone's got one in that market the the fan base has one like it's just there's a whole lot going on and i'm not saying for one second like you're never like i thought that was a grave tactical error that kyle dubas made earlier this week saying that he needs to think it over with his family and clearly brendan shanahan agreed first off no one's going to cry for you making two and a half million bucks as the GM of uh, the biggest team in hockey. It's a one in a, in a million job, not just a one in 32. And to, um, to be in that spot and, and say that, like, I get that these jobs take a toll on, on our families. Like, no different than me or you or anyone else. Like whether you're you're a, a police officer, whether you're a construction laborer, whether you you know do Oilers now five days a week and 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 color analyst, any job takes a toll on a family. So no, you're not going to get any sympathy. You're not going to win any sympathy votes for anyone, and that opened the door for everyone to start wondering what's this guy's commitment level. And when you then turn around and create a quote gap in negotiations with your financial ask, does it feel like you're leveraging the team, leveraging the situation to try and get more for you? I don't know all the details. We're not privy to the numbers or whatever else Kyle Dubas asked right. for, but you know what? Everyone's got a limit just in the same way that Austin Matthews is going to have a limit with what he asked for on his next contract and whatever my next deal is uh, with my job and whatever I, everyone's got a number and a limit. And, you know, I don't know what it's like to walk a mile in his shoes, but it's, um, it's a really interesting case that Brendan Shanahan presented. And I've never seen someone shred someone like that on the way out. Oh, I'm not surprised Shanahan did that. Why is that? Just, uh, I'm not surprised. Brendan's not. Brendan's not a, a guy. Not a, no one's ever called him a lightweight. He's not a lightweight. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey. Uh, so, who's the uh, money odds best bet for the next general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, would Brad well, Treliving make sense? Brendan Shanahan did mention. Uh, Brandon Pridham a couple times by name saying that he's going to rely on him heavily over the next few weeks. Yep. I'd imagine he's a strong internal candidate. Yep. But I would have to think that Brad Tree Living rises to the top of the, any list of someone that, you know, someone's making. 
I think there's a few other names out there that'll probably get some play, whether it's Matthew Darsh in Tampa or um, potentially a Mark Bergevin. I would, would he consider someone like a Chris Draper that he used to play with in Detroit? Whatever the case is, uh, there's probably you know a list of those Brendan Shanahan connections that will be presented, but. You know, I, I could tell you that I, I think there's some some real intrigue and interest there would be in in Brad Tree Living. We are joined right now by Frank Cervalli for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Reminder: No live racing tonight due to uh, the smoke situation in Alberta right now. How's that? How's that going? By the way, well, we're we're gutting our way through it. People are finding you know Albertans are resilient. And there's some communities like Drayton Valley that have really had the crap kicked out of them. It's been a tough go here. Um, and to be honest with you, I was gone for part of it and wish we were still playing. We've not had you on since Ken Holland uh, wrapped up. And, Jay, we, we just had Jay do a half an hour, and he talked about the commitment level of the players. And my understanding is, like, you know, and it's bitter for the players. And Ken used the word devastated. Were you surprised at all that you heard during the uh, Ken Holland uh, media availability? Surprised at what? Anything that was said by Ken. I don't think so. I mean, I think everyone understood how devastating it was just because the recognition from everyone is that this team's close. I think it's a lot harder to take when you know that you have something good as opposed to like what you feel in Toronto is, you know, they, they got to the same round and lost, but what you feel in Toronto is like, they're not even close. At least that's how I look at it. I feel like the, the Oilers lost to a, a good team that is an authentic Stanley Cup contender, especially as you look at this Final Four. So I, the core is there. That's unquestioned. I think there were some untimely injury issues. We've, we broke all this down already, but Ken Holland's thought process, I just keep thinking of the metaphor he used that uh, I don't invest in green bananas because I'm not going to be around to see them uh, eat them when they're ripe. I thought that was intriguing. I think everyone's curious about what the Oilers look like one year from now, but the point being, not any one person in this organization, player, coach, whoever is associated, the point to drive home is that the Edmonton Oilers are are fully 100% invested in being that last team standing next year and to look beyond that you always have to yep you always have to think about a five-year plan but this is this is the here and now and this is what matters yeah i mean they were devastated we know that uh i think this is a hugely important off season and not one where superficial moves need to be made i think they need to find a way to be exhaustive and come up with solutions Instead so let of the- me ask you something because I've been thinking about this. Do you, you, you when you say exhaustive, like I, I think that I just think like soup to nuts. Like you got to think of everything. Me too. Does that include goaltending? Uh, I wonder like what that means. I, I, I view the Oilers with their contract situation with Campbell and Skinner as more or less locked in, but I've seen a really popular sort of message on social media is like, you got to go out and get Connor Hellebuck or John Gibson or some, you need to go out and get a big name goalie. And I just, I don't foresee that as one of the I, paths. I don't foresee it either. 
I respect people that have that opinion. I think you got to find you sign Campbell for five years. I think you got to find a way to do what is necessary to rehabilitate him to get him back to what you thought he was going to be. Okay, and so did that ship sail by not starting him in a playoff game? What would Mike McKenna say about that? I don't know. You'll have to ask him. Um, I'll get him on and I'll. I wonder about that. Like, there's this natural psyche of this team and this coach doesn't think I'm the guy. I think he's got to be given every opportunity to compete for the job. It's supposed to be a meritocracy. Stuart Skinner, at the end of the day, Stuart Skinner had two sub-900 save percentage series in a row. And the orders Look, gave Sergey up. Sergey Bobrovsky starting for the Florida Panthers. Like, you don't like... Everyone, you know, reading between the lines should connect what I'm saying there. You know, you show up they, in the biggest moment, they're going to, you're going to get rewarded. Like Alex Lyon was the guy that started the playoffs for the Florida Panthers. It's a great point by you. I mean, we heard how many times if only Florida could get rid of Sergey Bobrovsky. He just. I, I Listen to what stumbled. I said before the, I'm going to be totally transparent with you. What I said before the playoffs was. I called Jack Eichel the most disappointing $10 million skater in the league before the playoffs started. Yep. And the only reason I said skater is because that left Sergei Bobrovsky. So, you know. Things can change. You got to be re- You got to be capable to pivot. Is that what you're saying? And you, you know what? You have to be able to admit that you're wrong. Meaning me, but also in terms of management and, and coaches and things that happen. Yeah. Things change. You have to be ready and willing to change your opinion and change your mind. You have to go into it with an open mind. Yeah. Well, and uh, we asked Jay about that very decision, and he said that ultimately the final decision came down to him, but he certainly talked to a lot of different people to get perspective, and they rode Skinner. And, um, you know, Stu at the end of the day got pulled in games three, five, and six, and that played a huge factor in Edmonton losing the uh, series. I do. For me, you know, Frank, it's six of the seven D will be back. And at least a couple, there will be a change of at least a couple forwards, and the Oilers are going to have to get creative uh, to to find ways to improve the team. And they have to cut the goals against now. They've been at seventeen this year and eighteen the year before. They got to get. Is it a stretch to say that Evan Bouchard is the linchpin to the off season? I think he's getting bridged no matter what. So I don't think he's the linchpin to the off season. Is that the right play? Uh, well, a lot of listeners would say no. I would say because we, you, you, your assumption is we'll see a huge cap increase next year. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then I bridge them for a year and then I pay them next year when there's the huge cap increase. So I, I'm, I'm just pulling something up on my computer, but I'm actually working with an analytics group who does a pretty good job projecting contracts. Yeah. Well, what are they saying on Boosh? And so they're presenting to me two different... Um, options. Yep. One is a short-term, a two-year bridge deal at 3.67. Yep. It's right in the range of what I said. That I said sounds two. Sounds right in the, in the I, world I, that I'm I said at. two at 3.5. Keep going. And then what are they saying on the long-term? And then the other option is long-term, six years at 5.5. No that way. That sounds low to me. No way they get that. No way. No way Jeff Jackson does that. I'm telling you that right now. I was going to say, I think he's on a term of that long. I think he's closer to seven. What if you did, what if you did one year at three and then you paid him the next year? 
that's what I think is going to happen with Bouchard. So, uh, but what happens if that one year at three, knowing how good this power play is, you turn around and he puts up seventy points? He could, which is eminently possible, and then it costs you eight million bucks. Yep, that's the risk. There's no way they're getting five and a half. I'm telling you that right now. No, no, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I'm just telling you I, I can only work with the numbers that are in front of me. Right, I think some right. of these are low. I think some of them are high. All right. Uh, so here's a final one for you because we're running. We're, Brendan, we'll burn some breaks here in the final hour. Is that cool? I want to get this final question in with yep. Frank Saravalli for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Arizona. Is it time to just punt? It's beyond time. I can't even believe this is a question. Like the Coyote's <laughs> social media account just put out another. I, I think they're just trolling us by now, but they just put out another thing was, if this tweet gets 20,000 likes, we'll tell you what our plans are for a new uh, arena. Stop. How about you just focus on getting 20,000 votes in Tempe and we wouldn't have this problem? I can't believe that this is a thing. I can't believe that they're even making light of it now. This is an NHL franchise, one of 32, not a local junior B team. They have sucked the life out of revenue sharing for the last 15 years in this league. And to think that they're going to go do it again next year in a 4,500-seat arena, it makes the NHL look like they got caught with their pants down with this vote on Tuesday, and they weren't expecting this and didn't see it coming. I've been telling anyone that would listen, I've been telling them from people that I hear boots on the ground in Arizona that this vote was going to be a no. You can go back and listen to the clips on my podcast. No, you said it on the show. And and instead they kept saying, oh, our, our polling shows us comfortably in the lead. Wow. Yeah. That's that's worth something. Frank, uh, we went uh, the extra hour here over the last month. You stepped up. Thanks for helping us in Oilers Now. We look forward to Tuesday, okay? My pleasure. Take care. You Have bet. a good long weekend. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. That is Frank Saravalli for the horses and horse race in Alberta. Again, no live racing tonight at Century Mile uh, due to the smoke. Uh, they don't want to risk, uh, uh, obviously, the horses as well as everybody that's out there uh, out at Century Mile. It is 156 and a half. We'll head off, take a break here, uh, marry a break, and get to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn at 206. John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling.